This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Justice Louis Brandeis once said, states are the laboratories of democracy. By this statement, he meant that our federal system allows individual states to try out new ideas. If they work, these ideas can be adopted nationwide. Now, Brandeis's famous statement is all well and good, but if no independent observer is studying what states are doing, then all the value of a laboratory goes out the window. A laboratory is only as good as those who document what is happening behind the doors. In education, the Texas laboratory is being closely watched by Eric Hanyashek, senior fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. Rick and his colleagues have worked on almost every single education policy question out there. They can tell you what makes uh, for an effective teacher, how much difference an effective teacher can make, uh, whether desegregation works, what's the value of a school principal, and many other questions. And now he's assembled a new study on charter school effectiveness in Texas. Rick, it is great to have you with me on the Education Exchange. I always like to be here, Paul. Thanks for having me, and thanks for bringing up the topic of charter schools, which is so much in the news today. Yes, no, the president is encouraging an expansion of school choice, so I guess that includes charter schools. So, Rick, first tell me the bottom line. Are the charter schools in Texas working? What have you discovered? I think that they are working. What we've discovered is that uh, charter schools in Texas have gotten better over time as the market has developed and that uh, they now look much like traditional public schools on average in the sector. But uh, when they start up, they don't look as good, but uh, over time they get better. So what's your methodology? How do you uh, find out whether or not charters are effective? At any point in time, we compare the uh, achievement in value added of these charter schools to value added in comparison schools where they get their students from. So it's a comparison between charter schools and traditional public schools and how much learning is going on in each year. But a lot of people say that the charter school kids are cherry-picked and you, you, if you compare them to the, you're, com, you're not comparing apples to apples. How do you make sure you got an apple to apple comparison? Well, we look a lot at this because what we're interested in is how the sectors evolve. And what we find is uh, when we study charter schools over the period 2001 to 2011, at the beginning, uh, charter school students look worse in terms of achievement and in terms of disciplinary records and so forth than the traditional public schools. That's as they enter the school. Well, at the beginning of this period, those who go to charters look worse. I see. Over time, as the sector shakes out and you uh, get better and better charter schools in existence, better and better students come. So it's quite natural that uh, some parents are waiting to see how the charter schools are doing, and then they put their students in. So they're getting better students. But that's not affecting our results much. It's not affecting your results because you try to make an apple-to-apple -apple comparison? How do, how do you manage to do that? Precisely. We're looking to, at uh, 
students who come from similar schools either next door or compared to the entire state. So we're comparing the value added of these charter schools which take into account the starting point of students and then look at how much learning is added by the school. So we do that consistently for both charter schools and traditional public schools and we think that we have a pretty good comparison. So you're looking at how much they learn from one year to the next. You're not looking at just the level of performance, you're looking at how much growth there is in any one year. Precisely. That's the, the only way that you can analyze these questions because you don't want just the selection of which kids go to a school to be the dominant factor. So how big is the charter sector in Texas? Is it... Uh, I, I think yeah. we're um, roughly about 6% uh, in Texas now. Um, Texas is a kind of a peculiar place in that they give charters to an operator who can expand to multiple schools or multiple campuses, as they call them in Texas. And there are roughly 200 charters in existence, but I think that that amounts to uh, something over 400 total schools uh, that are charter schools. So who authorizes the charters? Is, is this a state agency, or do the school districts do it, or, or who, who, who? The state is the authorizer in Texas. Um, there are some individual school districts that run their own charters within their school districts, but we're really looking at the independent charters that are authorized by the state and uh, put into existence. Is that the State Department of Education or is it a separate agency? No, it's the, the Texas Education Agency. The Texas Education Agency. So they, uh, and they're friendly to charters at uh, the because sometimes you think that the State Department of Education or the State you know, Texas Education Agency would be, uh, you know, a defender of the traditional public school. Well, remember, this is Texas. This is the Wild West, and they're really quite open. Um, they're an amazingly open uh, view of education. So... How about the parents? Do the parents know a good charter school from a week one? You're sort of suggesting that that's been changing over time. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, this is a tough choice in general for parents, particularly when a charter hasn't operated before. They're going on the basis of what the charter says it's going to do, and they enroll students without much history. Over time, there's regular information that comes from the state accountability system and gives performance of students. And you have other parents, uh, which is always a good source of information on the quality of a school. So how about the traditional district schools in Texas? Are they improving over time too? Are the, is both the charter sector and the district sector improving over the last 10 years, so you sort of see comparable changes, or is there a difference? Absolutely. You see that the traditional public schools have been getting better, and the charter schools have been keeping up with the traditional public schools and doing a, a good job in, on that. So do the uh, 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 district schools seem to respond positively to the competition from the charter schools? Do you have any evidence on that? Well, we don't know specifically, but we do know that the, for a variety of reasons, Texas schools have been getting better over time. Um, we don't know how much of that comes from any competitive forces. Um, what, we, what we do know uh, 
is that competitive forces um, push a number of charters out of existence over time. So what we did was to track the evolution of this sector and see why did it get better from 2001 to 2011. What we see are three things happening. First, the schools that are in existence for that entire period on average got better. Oh. So the very specific schools that stay in existence throughout the whole period are better at the end than at the beginning on by average, a detectable margin. Yes. Um, secondly, um, the schools that leave the sector, and they leave it for two reasons. One is they don't have enough students or they just give up financially or for other reasons, or they're pushed out uh, by the authorizer who says they're not up to, to par. These schools are much worse than the average school, so that the sector is shedding bad schools over time. I guess that's harder to do in the district sector, right? Because a, a school is very hard to shut down a school in the district sector. Absolutely, it's, it's hard. Um, and it's not even clear what it means to shut it down because if you shut down one physical location, you just reshuffle the deck chairs. So it's, it's not clear there. But then the third uh, element of the dynamics of charter schools in Texas is that new entrants schools that weren't in existence in 2001 but came into existence by 2011 are up to par with those that stayed in, they had been there all the time. So they're entering at a better level than the original set of charges. Well, does that mean the Texas State Department or the Texas Education Agency is, is, is becoming smarter with the passage of time? Um, we can't really distinguish between whether this is authorizers being more clever or um, what have you. I think a good part of this is that the charter management organizations, organizations that run multiple schools, are getting better. So that they bring into uh, existence new schools at improved levels over uh, just a random charter school. Well, so, Rick, you've been studying Texas for a long time, and you've looked at many different programs in Texas. So what's the one thing the state should do to make the biggest improvement in the shortest period of time? What, what would your policy be, recommendation be to the uh, state legislature in Texas? Well, my uh, recommendation is always provide incentives for good performance. So that would imply... Uh, adjusting the funding system to reward schools and districts that are doing well, adjusting the reward system for individual principals and teachers to reward those that are doing well. What we know from Texas and now from a lot of other places is that the personnel in the system is the key crucial element and so you want to make sure that schools select and retain and nurture the really good personnel and do the opposite for the really poor. So are you suggesting we should fire teachers and fire principals and shut down bad schools? Well, firing is difficult, but I think that um, if you have bad principals and bad teachers, you want to try to convince them to move into 
better areas for them, more productive areas. Um, and well, that's a euphemism. You're, you're saying move them into more productive areas. Well, you're going to put them out on the street. Well, but, uh, the, the best example is Dallas, Texas, which is turning out to be a unique place in, in the whole nation. Dallas, um, a few years ago, moved to eliminate the traditional salary schedules for teachers, the ones based upon experience and degree levels, and they moved to an entirely performance-based system that includes supervisory ratings, it includes test score gains and value added if those are available for the teachers that are in the specific subjects and um, grade levels. And it includes surveys of parents and kids. And they rate all the teachers and the principals in a similar system uh, in terms of their performance, and they pay them according to this. So that people at the bottom of the scale uh, are not getting paid nearly as much as those at the top. And so they're there inducing, I think, a number of poorer performing teachers to find other school districts that might reward their experience and degrees as opposed to their actual performance. Well, Rick, it's been great talking with you about charter schools in the state of Texas. It's good to know that you see that this entire sector is steadily improving. How much is it improving? Is it, can we put a number on it? Is it twice as good as it was initially, or how, how would you characterize the magnitude of the improvement? Well, um, we always do this in, in funny terms like standard deviations, but um, I think that over the period 2000 and 2011, the average charter school got about a quarter of a standard deviation better, which is a big improvement uh, given most that's like about a half a school year, would you say? Or maybe uh, even a full school year better, right? The kids uh, are learning that's right. one year more in school right. uh, by the time they reach, what, eighth grade or something like that? Precisely. No, this is, this is a large number in terms of the amount of learning that's going on. Um, and what we're seeing, we still have some charter schools that aren't doing very well, but we have some exceptional charter schools. And so the advice for the charter schools is the same as my advice for the traditional public schools. Really keep the really good ones, but don't keep the bad ones because the bad charter schools, like the bad traditional public schools, are hurting kids and they're hurting our nation. Well, thank you, Rick. It's been good having you on the Education Exchange. Thanks for having me, Paul. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. I have been speaking with Rick Hanushek, Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. Please join me every Monday for a new Education Exchange podcast uh, released uh, at noon Eastern Time.